Googs House. All right. It looks like turnabout might be fair play when it comes to the University of Houston and Coach Prime, especially when you look at what just happened on Tuesday. So let's break it down. You are Locked On Cougs, your daily podcast on the Houston Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Cougs, the daily podcast all about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach, Parker Ainsworth, here to break down all things Cougs. If you're a U of H fan or just a hater can step by, please be sure to subscribe down below. That way we can get you the latest on the Cougs in your newsfeed each and every day. We appreciate you making Locked On Cougs your first listen of the day. Welcome back to the YouTube channel. It is good to see you again. Uh, every day you're here has been talking with us all week about Mexico and uh now, other big basketball news yesterday and, and uh, football weekend with guys getting drafted. Tons of fun stuff going on. But now we're looking ahead to next year's football team in today's episode. Uh, also, for the everyday, you remember that we're running this contest at 1,250. Um, showing off my hat because it's 1,250 subscribers. We're going to give away a hat just like this one. It'll be brand new, not not worn, I promise. Um, Coog on the front, left on the side. Nice, nice, nice fun hat there. Um to someone that has been liking, commenting. So down below, like, comment, hit subscribe to get us there. Hit the bell for notifications so you can do the same thing for each and every episode. Uh, if after talking about next year's football team and some movement in the trenches, you're like, I need I need something else to talk about. Tell me if you put on your left sock first or your right sock first or if you mix it up. All right, so today we're going to talk some about uh, first – a defensive transfer coming to the University of Houston for next year that just committed um, from Colorado and what that means for Houston after we just talked about prime poaching people last week. We're also going in the second segment talk about Peyton Dunn, who committed over the weekend, kind of got lost in the shuffle with all the guys getting drafted and the excitement of Mexico and stuff like that. But you got to go revisit that signing because as a giant offensive lineman uh, for a team desperate to have some. And then in the final segment, I want to kind of break down the offensive line and see kind of where they're at after signing Peyton Dunn, both from a numbers perspective and what they're looking for perspective, et cetera. But first let's talk some about Aubrey Smith. Now, Aubrey Smith is a 6'3", 215-pound linebacker per pro football focus. I've seen some people have him down at 6'2", some people have him up at 220, right, somewhere in there. Um, from Georgia originally, but went to Colorado last year. Um, and I mentioned the Georgia thing because I think in a moment we'll talk about why that might have played a big, big role in his second recruitment. Um, he went to Colorado out of high school. He had offers to Alabama, Georgia, Auburn, Ole Miss, FSU, Michigan State, Baylor, Arizona State, South Carolina. Um, he was a four-star talent and had it very, very much prominently. Like, this is not a, like, is he kind of, sort of, like, he was at least a four-star talent coming out of high school. Uh, he played just 82 snaps at Colorado last year, uh, but 75 of those were more traditional box linebackers. So it's not like he was, like, a special teams only kind of guy. Um, just didn't get on the field a whole lot. And for what it's worth, He's listed at like the 220-ish reach in a lot of places now. His high school stuff's got him listed at more like 200. So I think he's gained some good weight to be a box-type linebacker, and that's probably why he did not play a whole lot as a true freshman last season. He was still at Colorado after Coach Prime got there, um, which goes to show that not everyone left back in December and January, but he's one of the over 50 guys that has left 
since. And I think that's important to look at here. Uh, the completely overhauling of the roster is, let's say, not how I would do things. And so uh, he's on the roster. He's He goes to spring practice, goes to spring football game, and just puts himself in the portal on April 24th, just over a week ago, um, and commits to Houston this week. And in that spring game, I went and watched it. Um, it was on ESPN. If you're an ESPN Plus person, I found uh, the whole thing on YouTube very much clipped. Um, worth going and checking out. But he played with the first team defense in that whole film. He's number 32. Um, I'll admit he's a little bit smaller on tape than I thought he would be. But he also has four years of eligibility left, right? And so a lot of time to kind of develop into a strong inside linebacker type guy because that's definitely where his tendencies were. I thought he tracked the tight end really, really well coming out like in pass coverage kind of stuff, staying underneath him, forced ball over the top to the safeties and so on, right? And um, he played gap to gap, like filling in his gap from C gap to C gap very, very well. I say C gap because honestly, Colorado had a lot of tight end H-back kind of stuff going on. So it really was kind of within the tackle box there. The other um, things, so if you're looking to like check him out in his game out, I guess we go look at, uh, he played some in the Cal games where he got most of his defensive snaps. Um, and then I, again, the spring game is on, um, is online. Um, I'm impressed by the kid athletically. I see what got him to that four-star Georgia, Auburn, Alabama, Ole Miss, SEC type of offer. Um, I see that potential. I also see that he's a kid that, you kind of have to give time to like develop into a big time athlete because he is still putting on good weight. Um, he moves well, but obviously could be bigger, stronger, faster. Um, he's got the frame for it. I don't mean to say he doesn't, but I, I imagine he's going to be a strong football player by the end of his college career, looking to go to the NFL, not maybe necessarily impacting this first fall, which means that Dion had no use for him. And I think that's the deal here is like we're seeing the swapping and we just talked last week, um, you know, that Coach Prime was potentially poaching a couple of Houston Cougars. No final word on that yet. But I do think it's also worth pointing out that the inverse of that is his impatience in building that program could be Houston's fortune right here, right? Could be other schools taking those young guys because there was a good freshman class going into Colorado last year, even if they did not win a whole lot of games because they were, you know, the older guys are not great and the younger guys were inexperienced. Um, I, I feel like it's worth pointing out that, like, they had talent in that freshman class that he has just let go. And say what you want about how you would do it, how he's doing it, et cetera. If I'm Houston, I'm going after all those guys, right? Everyone that fits a four-star caliber need that you want. Um, and, I again, everyone does their program differently. I'm glad that Houston is not trying to do theirs like – Prime did theirs and was kind of trying to slowly build towards this Big 12 thing for whatever the flaws may be in getting there. Um, it certainly feels like the right way to do things and a more sustainable way to do things than just to completely overhaul things every six months. Um, for what it's worth, um, there are a number of other Colorado players in the portal that I imagine Aubrey could help go get. I'm not sure that they're all positional needs for the U of H. Um, I will say that Aubrey and the future might be because we start looking at like we're moving uh, Hassan Hippolyte down into the box next season, like what linebackers can look like. Um, admittedly, could be you know something different down the road. I think the big thing in recruiting this guy again, a four-star high school kid to University of Houston on the defense side of the ball is always great to add. Um, in his post, the only coach he tagged 
was head was assistant the head coach Doug Belk, right? Um, Doug Belk, we know has all the Georgia ties from there, coached there at a lower levels, right? Um, and as clinics, he still talks about how much he enjoys visiting home and all those kinds of things, right? This kid is from Georgia, right? Uh, those things go together in my head, right? This idea that like Doug Belk is well known in the state of Georgia. State of Georgia produces a lot of good football talent. And so, like, honestly, feels like this could be a match made in heaven. You got your D coordinator, assistant, the head coach, and Doug Belk working well with a four star future high end linebacker as they develop and move into the Big 12 altogether. Like, this could be a match made in heaven for the University of Houston. And uh, again, what Prime and Colorado miss out on could be Houston's big, big score. Now, Defense, it's nice when they score, um, but we do need to talk some about the offense because they are where they actually score or score more often, I should say. Before I get to talk about the offensive line and some new face or new face and new faces potentially over there, I do need to talk to you a little bit about Built Bar. Now, if you're looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and calories, then you need to get the best tasting protein bar ever. Built, you got to try this if you're like me and you want to make a healthier snack choice, but you don't want to compromise on taste. I've got just the thing for you. Built Bars and Built Puffs. Built Bars are healthy and taste amazing. Seriously, they taste so amazing. You won't think they're good for you. You got to try this. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real dark chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy, only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar, with a whopping 17 grams of protein in most bars. And now, you don't need to wait to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering Built Bars at Built.com, but now you can go get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club while you still can get your specialty flavors, the funkier ones, online at built.com that's right head to your nearest walmart today walk to the farm section and grab yourself a box of built bars we have a four bar box of cookies and cream uh chocolate double chocolates coconut puff if you're a sam's club person you can run in and grab a 13 bar box with hit flavors like brownie batter puff and churro puff thank me later i'm a fan of coconut almonds we've talked about yeah the everyday is like nodding i'm tired of hearing about it go order it and then we can talk about it in comments go down and do it but Go to your Walmart, your Sam's Club, and if you can't find especially flavors there you want, go to built.com for more. All right, so I said I want to talk some about the offensive line because Houston added a giant on the offensive line last weekend, and it kind of got lost in the shuffle. And I, it sounds you know par for the course, offensive linemen getting not talked about, right? They're the unsung heroes in so many ways about what happens in a football game because they function as a unit, right? I heard uh, a coach I played for one time talked about, like, it's not five fingers, it's a fist. You punch with a fist, right? And how it's, like, all got to come together. You got five offensive linemen, all those kinds of things, right? Um, it's also the position that, like, doesn't get the sexy touchdown celebrations all the time. They don't get to do fun juking out in that, you know, open field. They're more of a grit, grind, dirty work kind of position. We don't talk about them a whole lot. But we need to talk about Peyton Dunn because, A, He's a giant. And B, he's the newest addition to the Houston Cougars. Peyton Dunn comes from Louisiana Monroe. Uh, he was a two-year starter in his three years there. Didn't play his freshman year. Uh, hard for a freshman to typically do that. Um, and for what it's worth, um, there are not online indications of this, but Iman Yagavi, if you're listening to me, please go tell me down below. Um, he was recruited to Louisiana Monroe out of high school in the class of 2020 which was also the last group of people you'd had Iman Yagavi 
fingerprints on, right? And so in looking at that, I'm trying to read between lines here. I feel like there's another connection here, not unlike the one between Belk and uh, Aubrey Smith in the last segment, right? Um, but for what it's worth, uh, unlike Aubrey Smith in his time at Colorado, Peyton Dunn played a lot. Uh, in 2021, he and 358 pass attempts or pass dropbacks, uh, traditional pass blocks, I guess would be the way we grade it. He had just two sacks and 14 hurries allowed on his watch. In 2022, in 379 pass blocking attempts, he had just one sack and 10 hurries on his watch. Now, the big thing with this guy is he's six foot seven, is currently listed at 315, right? Um, out of high school, he was closer to 285. So that's why he ends up in Louisiana Monroe. This really, really thin guy for an offensive lineman. We stretch that over six seven. Um, but I think the thing that's hurting him at guard is he's got guard footwork in a lot of ways athletically, but his hips are more like uh, upright and not able to get down the way that you want a six seven guy to all the time. So I think he's a development project at Houston, but I do think he's got that veteran experience again with. So with two years for the start under his belt, even if it's playing for Louisiana Monroe and not in the Big 12, that if someone breaks a shoelace, you go, hey, we got to have someone go out there and play a few snaps or play a couple series or just play a game this week or whatever. Um, I would feel comfortable throwing Peyton Dunn out there fairly early on in the process because he does have two years of starts under his belt. And in those two years, Louisiana Monroe in their pre-conference games was playing the Alabama's, the Texas, the big dogs of the world, right? And so it's not like he's never seen that competition at all. He just didn't see it week in, week out at Louisiana Monroe. And that's, again, you play this in front of you. It's not necessarily his fault. On the whole, he grades out very well as a pass blocker and uh, is continuing to work on, it appears, things in the run game. Now, I'm using the pro football focus uh, stats. Um, if you're used to their rankings of things, they're trying to put you on a grade system on where if you're in the right place at the right time. Um he was very consistent in his run blocking grades. Pretty much all of them across the entire season last season were between 50 and 60 with the Georgia State game being 68. Um, that is like better than average, but not great, right? And so I think that would be the way to kind of look at his run blocking game in, uh, in that conference and that level of football is that it was better than average, but not great on the run side of things. In the pass side of things, I thought it was interesting he had high variance that wasn't even necessarily always tied to opponent. Now, admittedly, Alabama got after him a little bit and kind of hurt his overall scores. But against teams like Arkansas State or Southern Miss, some of the better teams in that conference, he was putting up scores in that mid and high 80s, which again, 50s and 60s is like average or above average. He's putting scores up in the 80s, right? Um, that's a right place, right time kind of metric. And he didn't hold, allow him. He allowed just one sack last season. Didn't allow a whole lot of hurries. Um, I'm again, I'm really, really solid on where he is. And I think part of the interesting thing about him, or what I like about him, I guess, is when I pull in the video and like watching him play football, he does what I like to call as a coach find work, which means that as an interior lineman, typically you have your guard center guard assigned to block. The three of those guys are assigned to block in an even front, two guys in an odd front, they block like a nose tackle and have eyes on a linebacker or what have you. Right. And typically an odd front was going to send one of the linebackers that mixes things up and da 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 da. Right. Um, typically, that means one of those three guys, guard center guard, is free, meaning that if it's three on two or three on one with the eyes on linebackers, one of them is going to end up being 
unaccounted for and get to kind of like free reign, walk around a pass block. And what I love in clips of watching this kid play, Peyton Dunn, is in all of those instances, he is violently looking for someone to go help double team. Um, that's a big, big thing this offensive line is going to need. And it's not that like center Jack Freeman needs a whole lot of help on the double teams all the time, but we are moving into a bigger football conference. And that means that those guys are going to need, you know, bigger defense linemen and need help blocking bigger defense lines, those kind of things. And those kinds of plays are game winning plays, even if they happen in the first quarter, because the way they impact and wear down defenses. I also like his base being under him at all times. He's never overextended out of his body. Um, I do wish he's played a little bit lower in the run game. And again, I think that's why he's a, a working project development guy. He's got two years of eligibility left. There's no reason he can't be that by the end of his time here, or even at six, seven, if he continue to like work on some of his footwork athleticism, Maybe he moves out to a right tackle. We'll see, right? Um, I, I'm really interested to see how this guy pans out. I'm really excited to be adding offensive linemen, even from a school in a smaller conference, because you know he was pretty good in that conference. And how how's that going to play up as Houston moves into the Big 12? I'm excited about a lot of things in the offensive line, too, but I don't want to get too carried away and not talk about the guys that are here. So I want to do some of that in the third segment. So let's get on to the third segment. Um, I want to talk through first who I see starting in the five spots currently, um, who I see as the five starters across the board. They're going to be some kind of common or like names you've heard of. I think if you're thinking about things um, from last season and like who moved on, who didn't. Um, And then where you start sprinkling in these new guys, I would think would be in the second team or potentially rotating in. So left tackle, Patrick Paul, Tyler Johnson's left guard, Jack Freeman starting at center, second year in a row. Tank Jenkins, I've got slotted at the right guard. And then uh, Ruben Uje, I got starting at right tackle. I can see some of those guys that aren't Pat Paul and Jack Freeman moving around, but we'll see, right? Um, in the backup side, left to right, I'll have uh, Carson Jones, Tevin Shaw, Pancake Hunter, Caden Bowie, and Jalen Garth. I can see Garth moving up some into that and pulling someone else back down. I just don't know where or who. Um, Garth has been listed on different places in his career, his short career. I mean, he became a highly ranked guy at a high school, went to UT Austin and transferred to Houston last year, right, and didn't get to play last year. I could see Garth working his way into either guard spot or the right tackle spot if you move Ruben around. We'll see. Um, and then what I'm interested to see is, does Shamar Hobdi Lee, the tackle coming in from FIU, compete to push someone around at that right tackle spot or see a backup left tackle, a swing tackle goes back and forth to help guys out when they need plays or drives off because of, you know, nicks and bruises or whatever. Um, I have Lindell Hudson kind of doing the same, but further down the depth chart in my eyes. Um, now that's obviously working on things a little bit. I believe he actually ended up committing elsewhere, but he's still on my depth chart um, because I'm working on all the charts here. Peyton Dunn, as we're fitting him in here, what I'm getting at and what I'm trying to get a long way around to as I'm reading old charts, I think Peyton Dunn fits into the guard center guard spot and his ability to swing across both sides of the field and his experience may actually quickly elevate him into at least that second team. Now, I don't know if he can take out Tyler Johnson or Ruben ends up moving down to guard or if Jalen Garth moves down to guard. I don't know if he can get in over those guys. Um, I don't think he takes Tank Jenkins' job. I don't think he takes Jack Freeman's job. But I do think he can compete to like be a swing guy that comes in in a rotational kind of aspect. Um, I could see it happening. And I, I love the competition that it brings out. I like where that's going to go. Now, that leaves three-ish spots open 
at least still for Houston to fill on the offensive line. And that means we're talking transfer portal. And that means we're talking about guys across the country that you could bring in. Um, one guy transferring out of Ohio State is a guy named Ben Chrisman, um, spelled like Christmas, but Chrisman. Um, I He did not get to play a whole lot at Ohio State. Um, he was a redshirt freshman in 2021. Um, and then did not play much as a retro sophomore last season. Ohio State, though, you got to remember, was like one of the best teams in the country. And so, like, it would not be unheard of for a kid to not get to play a whole lot for as a young guy on the best one of the best teams in the country. Um, he's a 6'6, 315 kid. He's from Ohio. So, it might be a stretch to get him to Houston. But what I like is that 6'6, 315, he's been listed in his career as both a tackle and a guard. And I, if you can't tell, like some versatility and swing type guys in my lineups. So he's a guy to keep an eye on as well. Um, a guy that may be a little bit more realistic for Houston um, is a kid named Silas Robinson. Um, I don't mean realistic in the sense that they shouldn't go get Ben Crispin, but he is from Ohio, went to Ohio State. Um, that's not a common recruiting round for Houston, the same way that Texas, Georgia, and Florida have been. Um, I might go get Silas Robinson, who is coming out of Texas State in the transfer portal. Kid is 6'4", 320, interior offensive lineman, and just a bully. I mean, I'd say that he can't pass block. He's had some really good games. You look across his rating as where he's, you know, right place, right time kind of stuff. Um, but this kid is a bully, bully, and watching him beat up interior defensive linemen. And frankly, that kind of nastiness is something that's always going to get me to be like, ah, I could, I could have that guy on my team, right? Like, that's what you want to see in your lineman. Um, Six four three twenty, and I, I don't mean to be rude here, Silas. I almost feel like he could like stand to lose a little bit of that um, and kind of come back down to like closer to three ten um, ish. But you know that's all development projects, depending on where he ends up. Um, so I can see Houston going out and getting him as well. And then the kid I'm interested in, and I can't tell, he's listed as in the transfer portal. This kid's name is Deshaun Woods. Um, on social media, he has not posted in a long time. Um, he is six five. Uh, was 285 at high school, closer to about 302 right now. Um, and he is a tackle that went to Wyoming. Now, he was listed as in the transfer portal uh, on a couple different projections as recently as early April. His social media stuff all implies he's still at Wyoming. So I don't know what the balance there is. Um, but I will say that I like a guy that was listed at one point as 6'3", 260. Is currently listed on the Wyoming site as 6'5, 285, and then on our recruit side is listed at 6'5, 302. That's a guy that's growing, and that's a guy that you want to get on early because the potential is growing with him, right? Um, he was an athletic tackle at 6'3, 265. You can go watch that high school tape right now. You can have a whole lot of college tape out there, but you can go watch that high school tape right now. That guy is the same caliber athlete while adding that much size. Go get him. Right, go get him, go get him right now. Now, those are guys I've got an eye on. Now, in talking to you guys a little bit through YouTube, it sounds like you guys also have eyes on recruits for the offensive line. If you've got some or got some thoughts on the offensive line, tell me down below. Tell me down below what you're thinking. And maybe we'll talk about it in the next episode. We'll see. But if you want to talk to me more rapidly or in person, I say in person, it's all virtual, I, I guess. But we can do that on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter and all forms of social media at Painsworth512, P-A-I-N-S-W-O-R-T-H-5. 
one two on Twitter, Instagram, and all of the social media handles. I'll be happy to talk all things Cougs. Uh, the Rockets have kind of an exciting month right now with the email hire and the ping pong balls coming out. We can talk about them as well. We can talk about the NBA playoffs. We can talk about uh, the Texans draft, Tank Dell. Obviously, I'm going to talk about that. Um, the Astros and what all kind of woes they're going through. All things you sports. Find me at Painsworth512. If you're looking for a second listen today, first, I want to say thank you for making us your first listen. And second, I want to say go check out Lockdown Big 12 because Josh had the exact same thought I did yesterday with how exciting it could be to have Houston play in Mexico. He even had some inklings and hints based on his sources as to who it might be. And I think he's right. So go check that out as well over there. Thank you all so much for being in to Locked on Kooks today. Locked on Kooks is a primary Locked on Podcast Network. That means your team every day. Go Kooks.